Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Chelsea's penultimate game of the Premier League season against Man United later today, tonight. I will be reacting to it on the channel, but I did want to make a new show uh, before it because important stuff to speak about. Mason Mount's future, how that links to Man United, Todd Bowley apparently stepping back at Chelsea and the end of season awards being cancelled. We're going to be speaking about that today in, in the new show. If you are new around here and want to see more Chelsea content heading into the summer, make sure you like the video. Also, turn those notifications on and subscribe so you don't miss any of the uploads. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Mason Mount. Um, I wrote a long piece around Mason Mount earlier today for football.london. You can go and check it out. Link in the description box below. And why I think it would just be terrible for Chelsea to lose Mason Mount this summer. And how crazy it is when we think back to the Champions League win. How he has been viewed over recent years. And feeling like he was going to be kind of a key part of Chelsea's future for the long term. And the fact that 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 may not be the reality we see this summer. And it appears that Man United may be the club he's leaning towards if Chelsea do sell this summer. This is David Ornstein uh, from The Athletic reporting this, uh, that the Chelsea midfielder Mount is leaning towards a move to Man United and talks are expected between the two clubs in due course. Other clubs interested in Mount are also aware of his preference. Mount's future at Chelsea remains uncertain uh, with his contract due to expire at the end of next season. A number of hurdles must be cleared. The clubs would need to find an agreement. United are also prioritising the signing of a striker and there remains a lack of clarity over their ownership. So we, we've heard about Arsenal, Liverpool. Liverpool, I think, have kind of been there for quite a few months now and seem to be putting in a lot of groundwork to try and make this still a possibility. It feels quite obvious for Liverpool because they have to have a midfield rebuild this summer. But Arsenal, too, are going to want to really improve on what they've done this season. And Man United, of course, need to go up to that next step with Eric Ten Hag. All those clubs, you could see why Mount would look at them and, and feel like they could be good options for him it's a little bit convenient because before we played Liverpool away from home I remember a Guardian piece coming out around Liverpool's interest in Mason Mount and a few hours before or it was actually last night this this broke very similar it's Man United just before we played Man United at Old Trafford so these stories can feel a little bit convenient given the nature of Chelsea's upcoming fixture and the narrative and all of that stuff but it's uh, it's bad and I think Rather than just focusing on Mason Mountain here, I, I really do fear what it's going to do for the new ownership PR-wise and also for Pochettino coming in because, as I've stressed, you need to have a situation that sees Chelsea, Chelsea fans, Stamford Bridge feel like a positive environment again. And I think the main difference that I point out in my piece in terms of losing Mason Mount, if you think it's not that big of an issue, is... When we've lost players to rivals in recent years, the likes of Petr Cech, David Luiz, Willian, Nemanja Matic, this season Jorginho, 
a lot of those players had come to the end of their career, were, were aging, or we feel like, and I think the evidence since has proven it, we have got the best years of their career. So it feels like even though you are losing a player to a rival, you're not losing their prime years. You've already got those prime years. I mean, even Eden Hazard has kind of proven this with his injury record since Chelsea got the best of Eden Hazard quite clearly. So it still feels like Chelsea are kind of near the, the top of the food chain in football. This move, I think, would be a massive sign that that could be changing with Mount going not even in his prime years, not even 25 years old yet, and going to one of our main rivals and spending the prime years of his career elsewhere. And what that can mean for Chelsea, you know, if Chelsea don't get back to the top of the league or, or just some sort of, you know, relevance once again, you know, we, we get back into Champions League football, that in itself could be a, a very hard thing for fans to to come to terms with. And if Chelsea don't do good, good business again this summer, what would that mean heading into next season? So it's not only about why I think Mason Mount tactically, technically, you know, his talent and, and the importance for him, I think, under Pochettino and why it's just, you know, a no-brainer you keep Mason Mount for me, even though he's had a difficult season. I think it's the reputation side of things and what it kind of represents about Chelsea and something that I'm sure the new ownership when they took over last year don't want, particularly Todd Bowley. Uh, Bloomberg reporting that Bowley is stepping back at Chelsea after the worst season in 29 years, the US businessman is now spending about 20% of his time on day-to-day activities at the West London Club, according to the people. That's down from 50%, uh, including the months following the May 2022 takeover of Chelsea by a consortium, including Bowley and private equity firm Clear Lake Capital. A spokesperson for Chelsea declined to comment. Bowley also declined to comment while a representative for Clear Lake couldn't be immediately reached. For comment, I guess the perception from this um, will be that he's stepping back because it's gone so wrong rather than was this always the plan? And I think if we look back to last summer and we think about some of the early reporting around him, was that Chelsea were going to look to get the people in place? And, and to be honest, Bowley has said as much when he's done interviews around the, the Dodgers, you know, in terms of getting the expertise in place and then you step back and you hope that the the business itself or the, 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 the sports team in itself will function. So I can understand from, as a, again, if you look at the contrast, the headline of worst season in 20, that, I mean, that's the reality. It's not, you know, it's not trying to spin anything. That is exactly what has happened. So I can understand people looking at that and putting two and two together. I will find it interesting as, as bleak as you can be about Chelsea at the moment, what the perception of Bowley will be in the next year or two if things improve at Chelsea. Because I could see a situation where this kind of report, this kind of, thing of him stepping back will be seen as the reason Chelsea are doing well and it may be rather than Chelsea put the right people in place and then things started to function well than they did in a chaotic first year because as we know perception is a is a thing you know and, and people have already made their minds up over who Todd Bowley is even if at times they aren't speaking with all the facts or the actual reporting we have they've just made a perception of who Todd Bowley is as an individual even trying to make out that Bowley is the only person involved at Chelsea at times and there is no Benedict Bali, there isn't Clear Lake Capital, there isn't a board, there isn't the the influx of sporting directors we've had now and also the fact that the the share, the ownership of Chelsea, actually Bowley doesn't hold the, the majority of that stake, it actually is more for Clear Lake Capital which shows that there is and I think when I had Liam Toomey on quite a few months back now was, was saying as much that you know, it needs to be a bit more understanding that Bowley isn't making all the decisions himself. There is a process going on here. But Bowley himself, I think it makes sense. Um, 
And particularly, as I've stressed before, you know, if you're not going to do the communication at the end of the season, which I think would be helpful to fans, an actual official communication, because we keep on seeing Bowley either in private events or go to conferences and speak about Chelsea. And I think Chelsea fans are right to be a little bit frustrated given the, the problems we've seen on the pitch and not feeling like they're being spoken to directly. Why is it okay to, you know, to go to places where you are being filmed? You know, Bowley, these these quotes come out, you know, he speaks to Gary Cottrell. I know I've, I've, I've made this point before, but I really do think after what has been such a, a horrendous season where people are concerned about their ownership, concerned about where the club is heading... I think some clarity and some honesty over that would be would be helpful. But it seems like he's going to step back now, which is also, I think, a sign of, of getting a, at least the sporting structure side of the thing in place now. The final thing to speak about is a new low, which is scrapping the end of season awards. And as Arkansas reported this after a miserable men's team campaign, uh, the club apparently felt a ceremony at Stamford Bridge would be inappropriate given they are languishing in the bottom half of the table and will register their lowest ever points total in the Premier League. Awards for the Men's Player of the Season, Academy Player of the Season and Goal of the Season will instead be presented before their final home match against Newcastle this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, what were you going to do it on? And, you know, Thiago Silva's Player of the Season, it's so clear he's probably going to win it. And um, Academy Player of the Season, I think that, you know, Lewis Hall has to be in, in, in the mix for that, given his breakthrough, a really significant breakthrough into the first team this season. I know, obviously, that could be a little bit harsh on those players who have been performing at the academy level, but I think Lewis Hall has, has had a really good year for him in his career and hopefully will be a, a transformative one in years to come for him at, at Chelsea. But in terms of this, I, it is a little bit harsh from a, you know, just looking at the headline from, you know, the women's side of things because the Chelsea women's team has continued to set the standards as the best club or the best team at Chelsea. Um, on course now, if they beat Reading to win a fourth consecutive WSL title, although they did get knocked out by Barcelona in the Champions League, that was a much closer affair than the last time they faced Barca, who are an incredible team, and they won the FA Cup against Man United. So Emma Hayes continues and her players continue to maintain the standards at Chelsea even through the chaos that we have seen impact the men's side of things but that so apparently they are going to still hold a, an event um, to celebrate the the end of the season after this weekend which is good but you know I think we, we've got to stress here that it isn't Chelsea overall who have been shambolic the women's team continues to set the standards and that needs to be uh, brought up because they are the team that for some years now have shown what Chelsea on the men's side used to be and what the men's side should be aiming for and have to be aiming for in the coming years but I understand this I, I truly do and um, it's just it's just embarrassing you know on the men's side to to have this and and how bleak things are and how you know, and there's been some discussions I've had with people who are going to the game on Sunday of, of how many people are actually going to stick around at full time. I do think more will stick around than than probably are anticipated because it is just kind of one of those things. And I mean, maybe if we lose heavily, that could change the mood. But if you consider that it could be, say, Mason Mount's last time inside Stamford Bridge, it could be Cesar Aspilicueta's last time as a Chelsea player, others too, who were involved in the Champions League win. And even with my great frustration of some players, you've still got to thank them for that. And, and I think that it'd be a bit of a shame if, if this toxic kind of, if it ends in a very toxic way. I understand people have got a very valid argument when they turn around and go, 
the players haven't given us much to feel joy and feel pride uh, from this season. But I, I don't think it will be as dramatic as that. But it reflects how just truly awful it has been. And, and you know, it doesn't reflect well on the ownership that they scrapped the end of the season, even if from a PR point of view, I think they could understand how bad that would look, um, you know, given how awful it's been. But uh, let's just hope this is a low point and it can only go up from here. We hope. That is it for today's new show. As I say, I'll be back later today to give you my thoughts on the Man United game. Let's hope it's a positive performance and result. But given the nature of this season, it has been pretty dreadful. But uh, we're nearly there, guys. We're nearly there at the end of the season. Nearly there. And hopefully uh, a brighter one next term. You can follow me on Twitter at Sunday Chelsea. Please go, do go and check out that Mason Mount article on football.london. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.